feels good to be in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen? All right, so let's go. That was very weak, guys. I'm just, amen. Come on, wake up. It's Sunday morning. We're praising the Lord. So I say it all the time. We're not uh, performing for you guys. We're just uh, praising with you. So uh, let's praise the Lord.
Amen. Good job. Man, I'm loud this morning. All right. I'm louder. You got me turned up. Hey, so, so Ace last week, I got something I need to announce. I might as well do it right now. Ace last week announced that he has, him and Alyssa are bringing a new child uh, into their family, and I'm really excited uh, for him. And Selena and I this morning want to announce we're bringing a new child into uh, our family also. Now, hold on. She's not pregnant. I mean, what are you guys thinking? Kyle and Sierra are getting married. Yeah. All right. She said, don't say that because everyone's going to look at me like, what are you? I, I got to. I got to light, lighten the mood today. All right. I'm excited. I'm glad to be here this morning to worship with you guys. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Make sure you congratulate these young kids. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Uh, this morning, God, so much to be joyous about uh, just being with my brothers and sisters here this morning. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful for my family. It's a joyous time for our family. And Lord, we, uh, it's, it's even more joyous this morning. We worship you, Lord, because what you did for us on the cross, because you died in our place. And Lord, we worship you today for that. And you are with us through every storm in life, through every high, through every valley. You're there, and you're our cornerstone. And we love you this morning, uh, God. And so we worship you. Be with us today. In your name that I do pray, amen. Take a couple minutes this morning and welcome everyone.
Thank you, guys. You may be seated this morning. Got a couple of announcements. Uh, women of Faith, we have one spot left for the retreat. Uh, so, ladies, if you have not signed up for the, the women's retreat, please sign up. Uh, today, there's one spot left. We're going to pass it around one more time. Uh, one spot left. No women's coffee this week. Uh, here's, here's another new announcement. July 30th at our house, me and Hunter will leave that day, uh, is the women's swim party. So ladies, July 30th from 3 to 6 at our house is the women's swim party. So fellas, somebody invite me and Hunter over to shoot guns or something that afternoon, okay? And we'll, we'll do that. If you would like to sign up, ladies, if you haven't, we'll pass that up. Uh, pass, pass it out one more time. So no ladies coffee uh, this week. Quick business meeting right after morning uh, services today. So a quick business meeting. Also, the Women's Freeway House. I'm going to give a big update on that at that business meeting and, and kind of explain the process that we've went through on the Women's House. So uh, you'll get some more information on that. One need that the Women's Freeway House is going to need. They're going to need a van for transportation. So if you know of somebody that has a van... It's very dependable that they want to donate or sell pretty cheap. Please let us know. Please let us know that. We're looking for a van for the uh, Freeway Women's House. We're closing on that at the end of this month. Uh, we'll, we're, we got a little, little couple of things we're going to do, put in a new flooring, uh, some new flooring, and then we should be accepting people in August, September time frame. We're like probably the beginning of September. So that is right around the corner. Uh, women of the church, it's going to be a huge opportunity for you all to start discipling those ladies that are in that program. And I have a feeling uh, the elders will be talking about this, but we'll probably be starting a women's Bible study on Sunday nights uh, for them. So there's going to be opportunities to serve, more opportunities for you to disciple. Uh, so it's just an exciting, exciting time. Young adults, Saturday, July 29th, young adults, is the float trip. Please see Dustin and Rachel on that. You want to rate, wave your hands up in the air? There we go. Um, on on Ju Saturday, July 29th. There's also details on the church uh, Facebook page, the Young Adult Facebook page uh, on, on, on the, online on Facebook. Shower trailer uh, is every Tuesday. Again, I want to remind you of that in Freeway at the headquarters, Springfield Headquarters Freeway at 915. They need volunteers for that. So what they do is literally go pick up people that are homeless. They have a, a facility where they give them uh, a, a free shower, a change of clothes, they share the gospel with them, they feed them. It's a ministry of literally that we should be doing and we do do with Freeway here, uh, but this is at the Springfield headquarters, so please see Mike Estelle uh, if you would like to help with that ministry uh, on Tuesdays. Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, I assume Max, 6 o'clock tonight, fellas, here at the church uh, for Bible study. And then Wednesday nights, if you're new, I know we have some visitors today, every Wednesday night we have dinner with one another at 6 o'clock, uh, and then we have classes at 6.45. We have adult class up here, we have our youth and children's classes uh, all on Wednesday nights. So if you haven't came on Wednesday nights, don't worry about eating before you come, because we have cooking teams that make huge meals uh, on Wednesday night. So come Wednesday night and worship with us. Also, I, I just met them this morning, but I knew they were coming today. But we have some missionaries from overseas that are with us today. It's Daryl and, and Kayo, uh, and they serve in Cambodia. Since 2004, he has been running a Christian apologetics, which, let me tell you, Christian apologetics, everyone gets really scared of apologetics. It's nothing more than defending the faith. 
It is, hey, what we believe, and every Christian should be able to do apologetics. God tells us, always be ready to give an answer for the hope or defense that's in you. So apologetics, I think that's an amazing thing. I read their bio here. I knew they were coming today. They leave for Cambodia again, but they wanted to come and worship with us today. He is the nephew of one of our math teachers, if you went to school with me, Mr. Hutchins. Charles Hutchins, and so it's his nephew, and he's in town, nephew, correct? Yes, in town this morning, worshiping with us, and his wife runs a discipleship program for Cambodian women at risk for alcohol uh, abuse and trafficking, uh, abuse and trafficking. That's amazing, because that's exactly what we do here, so I'm glad you guys are with us this morning. Welcome to Crossbridge, so make them feel welcome, ask them about their ministry, pray for them before they leave today and go back in the mission field. We love missionaries here at the church because every one of us should be a missionary on a local level and we have missionaries, as you know, in Thailand, all over the world that we support. So it's a good, missionaries are amazing. They're giving up a, a nice life here in the United States to serve around the world. So I commend you guys and thank you guys uh, for that. Here's a thank you card um, that I, I think I should have read it last week, so I apologize about that, but it says thank you for all the prayers and kindness you all showed our family, especially for hosting our dinner after the service. We love our church family. Thanks again, Gary and Sandy, the Kevin Wilson family. So we had the, the dinner for his funeral here at the church. So anything else this morning that I forgot before we have our worship time today? Yes, Joel. Thank you. I think I was supposed to write that down. August 2nd through the 4th, youth retreat. What else do they need to do? Leaving Wednesday at 8 a.m., youth. So make sure you're signed up. Your parents have talked to Joel and Shelly. They have a whole bunch of stuff planned. They're going to be gone Wednesday, Thursday, and come back Friday. So that's going to be a fun time for, for the youth. Anything else that I forgot this morning? Fishing tournament? Yes, where's the flyer on that? you got to give me a flyer. It's in the back. Okay, fishing tournament, the freeway fishing tournament, is this coming Saturday. Hunter's really bummed because we're going to be out of town. What? Two weeks. We're still going to be out of town. Uh, he's bummed. I knew he was missing it. It's not next Saturday. It's the following Saturday. Okay, give me a flyer. Give Mike Costello a flyer. He's going to be doing announcements next week. Two Saturdays from now is the kids' fishing tournament out at the ranch off of Old Seymour Road. If you've never been out there and fish, it's a beautiful place. They get a lot of prizes for the kids. We have lunch. It's a really fun day. So I know Hunter, if he was up here, he would say, the rest of you boys and girls have an opportunity to win because he's going to be gone. So, so make sure you come out and fish, and it'll be, it'll be fun. So uh, I'm talking smack for Hunter. What am I doing? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> anything else this morning? Anything else I forgot? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering. That, that, hey, that, this morning offering, let me say this morning, we're in our time of worship. We use this to fund missionaries around the world, to fund our missions here. Uh, and it is an act of worship this morning. We give back our best to God. And so let's bless the morning offering uh, this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you again. God, just for the opportunity to be here, Lord, to worship you and to lift our voices in song. And uh, Lord, to give back to you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you use this to further your kingdom. You use, you use it, Lord, to, to fund missionaries around the world. Lord, I thank you for the ones that are joining us this morning. They're going to be going back to the mission field. Uh, Lord, this is what the church is supposed to do, is send people out. And so, Lord, I, I pray that not only are we sending out people in a local area, that we are reaching people, but we're going to fund people around the world that are doing your work. And, Lord, uh, I pray for the Women's Freeway House and, and the needs that we have there. And I'm excited about that ministry. And, Lord, we just worship you this morning. And as we enter this time, Lord, it doesn't matter how good we can sing or not sing. We're just lifting our voices to you and honoring you. And Lord, we love you. In your name I pray. Amen.
<laughs> they need to stand because we're going to read God's word together. Okay, uh, it, kid, little kids though, the kids can go downstairs to Children's Church, second grade and below if they'd like to. I got scolded. Turn, turn, to the, turn to the book of Genesis. I was scolded here on the pool party announcement because it's for 18 years of age and older on the women's pool party. Um, the kids and the youth have a pool party. We've rented the Marshfield pool at the end of August. So that's theirs. So moms get a break uh, that day. <laughs> so come to our house and yeah. So all right. Did I get it right? I got it right. Okay. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 9. So I love, I love preaching through books. I do. I love preaching through books because you can't skip anything. You cannot go around anything that you don't want to preach on. You just preach on what's there and you preach the text. But what we're going through right now, if you're visiting this morning, is we're looking at some of the historical figures of the Old Testament. And so the last couple of weeks we've talked about Noah. This week we start Abraham. Abraham. And this is part one because there's a whole bunch on Abraham. So Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9, will start us off this morning. Genesis 12, 1 through 9. And when you see Abram, his name is Abram first. God changes it to Abraham. So I'm going to call him Abraham today. Uh, but when you see Abram, it's the same person. So Genesis 12, 1 through 9. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will, you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, and Abram took Sarah, which I'm going to call her Sarah because her name was changed later too, okay? Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and set out and, and to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Berech, and the time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east side of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeying on, still going toward Negeb. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Uh, again, Lord, for your word this morning, I thank you for the time I've, I've got to spend studying this passage this week, and there is a lot here, God, and I pray that um, I do it justice this morning, that it's not my opinion that comes out, it's just your word, and I hope uh, I can bring some clarity this morning of this passage and what it means to us. It is very impactful uh, for us, and there's just a lot here. So, Lord, in everything we do this morning, including the sermon, we want to worship you, and we love you. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Okay, so like I mentioned, we're continuing uh, this series. It, it starts off as Abram. It's later changed to Abraham. Aside from Moses, Abraham is mentioned more in the New Testament than any other person in the Old Testament. He is mentioned a lot in the New Testament. And here's some passages. Here's one uh, in James chapter 2. It said, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteous and he was called a friend of God. He is, friend of God, is used as a title of nobody else in scripture but Abraham. Believers in all generations are called what? We are called children of Abraham. 
We're children of Abraham. Galatians 3, 7 says, Know that, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. When I was a kid, I actually, when I was doing this sermon this week, I went to Sierra and I said, hey, can I lead the music next, next year at VBS? And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? Because I don't sing. I'm not a singer at all. Like, yeah, the worship team does great. I just, yeah, just not. God gives us in certain ways and music is not one. But I asked her and she looked at me like, why do you want to lead the music? I said, I would love to sing some of the old songs and teach the kids like what I used to learn when I was a kid going to VBS. And she said, Dad, they don't like those songs anymore. They want to sing the songs that go with the program. And I'm like, okay. I got told no, right? But one of those songs when I was a kid growing up is Father Abraham. Anybody remember Father Abraham? Great. Stand up and do Father Abraham with me this morning. Here we go. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm, Father Abraham, and many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm, left arm, Father Abraham. All right, we're going to stop right there. But by the, by the time you're done with Father Abraham, you're doing this. Right? And I'm like, what kid doesn't want to do that, Sierra? Right? But I guess, kid, I guess kids, kids... Kids have way too much entertainment today than to bounce their head around and turn around and it'd be fun. I don't know. But, but here's, here's the important thing. Every believer in Scripture, it all ties back to who? Abraham. We're all children of Abraham. It's, we're all children. And so to, to say that Abraham was important is really just an understatement. It's just an understatement. In fact, when you go through Genesis, and we will... From chapter 11 to his death in chapter 25 is all about God and Abraham. So it's like the majority of the book of Genesis. And so where I want to start with Abraham is back in the beginning where we're in our text today. And the first point is that God calls Abraham. He calls Abraham. And this, this call that God has on Abraham is the introduction of the Abrahamic covenant. It's a covenant that God makes with Abraham. And it's a covenant that God says a few things to Abraham. He says, I am going to make a seed that comes from you. There's going to be a seed. And, it, and it's not talking about multiple seeds, even though we bounce around and say we're children of Abraham. The seed is who? Jesus. Jesus. And so when you say, man, he's talking about Jesus in the beginning of Genesis. It does. All through the Old Testament, you see Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He tells him he's going to bring a seed that's Jesus. He's going to give him some land. He's going to make Abraham into a great nation. Anybody know what that nation is today? Israel. He's going to make him into the Israel nation. And he's going to bring blessing and protection. So God was going to take Abraham's descendants, make them into the nation of Israel. Through the nation of Israel, God would bring about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So God chose Abraham to make him a blessing to the people of the whole world. He literally chose Abraham to bring about the Messiah. In Genesis 22.8 it says this, it says, Your offspring 
shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So the whole world is blessed by Abraham by bringing about Jesus and giving us an opportunity to be saved through him. Paul references this to the church in Galatia, in Galatians chapter 3. In Galatians chapter 3, 16, he said, this is what Paul says. He says, now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say to the offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and to your offspring who is Christ. So God called Abraham for a purpose. He called him for a purpose. Listen, you think, well, how in the world does that tie into us today? He calls you with a purpose. When God places his call on your life, it's for a purpose. You say, you may say, well, God didn't call me. Yes, he did. If you're a follower of his this morning, he absolutely did. When the gospel was preached, the Holy Spirit convicted your heart that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, that you needed Jesus for salvation, that he went to the cross and he died for you, that he died and he rose again. That conviction of the Holy Spirit is God calling you. That conviction that God uses by the Holy Spirit is his calling on you. How many of you have cattle? Probably a lot of you. Raise your hand. If you, if you own some cattle or have in your lifetime, raise your hand. Okay. Do you have any certain way that you call your cattle? Raise your hand if you have a certain way that you call your cattle. I need a demonstration this morning, Stephen Rogers, a cattleman, on how you call your cattle. Yeah, that's his, okay. Come on, okay. All right, so if we go to Stephen's farm, we say, come on, the cows start running, right? Anybody else have an example they want to use this morning? You guys are way too... Nobody's volunteering for anything ever during the sermon again. When I was a kid, somebody back here, you got one? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> somebody said, shaking the blue bucket of feed uh, is the calling, right? Okay. When I was a kid, we had cattle, and they would be back in the backwoods, and we couldn't even see them. But I'd pull up to the gate in the tractor, and I would yell, soak, 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 sukif. And you heard them things crashing through the timber to get to me. They knew my voice, and I was calling to them. Listen, when God calls his children, what happens? Just like those cattle, they come. They come. God calls Abraham here to go. He calls him and says, I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for your life. Here's the amazing thing and why we know Abraham's name. Because Genesis chapter 12 verse 4 says, So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. So God calls Abraham, and he says, I have a great purpose for you. I'm going to bless you. What did Abraham do? He believed God. He believed him. He put his faith and trust in what God was telling him. And he exercised that faith and in his belief. And he was obedient to God. Listen, when you're, you maybe have never heard the gospel preached this morning. We, we put our services online. Maybe there's people online that have never heard the gospel preached. They don't know. When the Holy Spirit is convicting you of your sin, you either respond to that calling or you turn your back and you deny 
The only reason that we know who Abraham is is because God called and he was obedient to the call. My question in the first part of this sermon for you today is what is God calling you? Now, that, that may be into salvation. That may be into the initial step of salvation, of being saved. But it could be that you're my brother and sister in Christ this morning. And God has a higher purpose on your life than what you are fulfilling. And you know because the Holy Spirit's been convicting you that maybe you need to be serving in some kind of ministry at the church. You need to be sharing the gospel with someone else. Listen, God, when he calls, he has a purpose. He had a great calling for Abraham. He would birth a nation that would bring about Jesus. When God calls us today, when we answer, there is a purpose. Scripture teaches us there's a purpose. Here's three of them. Why would God call us today? Number one, it's the worship of him. To worship him. God has called us to worship him. Our worship should be only to the true God of the Bible. He calls us to worship him. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow. He calls us out of a life of sin and death. And he sets us up as a royal priesthood, his own possession, so that we may do what? Proclaim the excellencies of him. When we are proclaiming those excellencies of God, you know what you're doing? You're worshiping him. You're worshiping him. You know, when I think of excellencies of God, you know what I think of? A thankful heart. I think of just living an attitude of gratitude. That you're thankful for what God is doing in your life. Even if it's in a bad spot. Because you know what? Maybe you, you may be suffering this morning with health illnesses or problems or whatever it is. You know what? Most of the time when we're suffering, who do we rely on more? Christ. We rely on God more. When we get up here and we think we all got it figured out, that's most of the time in our life when we get the most distant from God. So even if you're suffering right now, we should be thankful and proclaim the excellencies of God. And that's worship. That's worship. Here's the second thing. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. What, did, what, what is God, what is the purpose that he has for us? Now when I say you, you've been called, that means it, you've, you've repented of your sins, you've put your faith and trust in Christ, and now you're my brother or sister in Christ. This, this section right here is for my brothers and sisters in Christ. If you have not responded in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this part of the sermon is not for you at all. It, 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 the second part of this is 2 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 12. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 12. It says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now he has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus who admonished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know who I have believed and who I am convinced 
that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Who is saying that? It's Paul, and he's telling Timothy, I'm going to share about Jesus. I'm going to share about Jesus. The calling that he has on my life because I believe in him is one that I am going to share with people. And the message of Jesus Christ is a message that God has called us to share. Brother, I don't know you this morning, but I really appreciate that you've dedicated your life to sharing that message to a lost and dying world. It's amazing. You know, I don't know his financial situation. He may be the poorest financially person here on this earth, but I want to say he's probably going to be one of the richest people in heaven one day. Because they're storing up treasures in heaven. Do you know that when we share the gospel with people, that's exactly what we're doing. We're sharing, storing up treasures in heaven. The message of Jesus Christ is a message that God has called us and commissioned us and given us a purpose to share. And we shouldn't be ashamed, as Paul says, to share it. It's a holy calling on our life. Listen, it's all you're doing is sharing what Jesus has done for you. What he has done for you. And I don't care if you have a testimony that you came from the worst drug and alcohol addiction or you were raised in church. He still saved us the same way. It's still mercy and grace that we are saved. Only through him. That's a message that we should be sharing with people. That's our purpose. Here's the third purpose that God gives us. Just like he gave Abraham a purpose. To bear fruit. John 15, 16. Jesus said this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, and that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is the command you, I command you, love one another. So what, what's the fruit of Abraham? What was the fruit of Abraham's obedience? The nation of Israel, who brought about the Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus would be born of his lineage. He bore that fruit because God called him and he was obedient to the calling. He was obedient to the purpose that God had given him. Today, folks, we have the opportunity to live our lives bearing fruit in the name of Jesus. You have the opportunity to store up treasure in heaven, bearing fruit in his name. When I was thinking about this, I like using illustrations sometimes, and when I was thinking about this, it reminded me of Dewey, old Dewey Houston. I don't know why, but it's the first thing that came to my mind. It has nothing to do with me. You all that don't know, the, the, the monthly freeway newsletter that's sent out, it's called the Dewey Houston. And if you ever heard John talk about this with many of you have, John Stroop, the founder of Freeway Ministries, when he was in prison, this guy named Dewey would write inmates letters. No one ever responded to Dewey. No one ever answered him. But John answered him. After he got out of prison, John went and stayed with Dewey for a little while. Hadn't started Freeway, nothing to do with that ministry yet. Dewey ended up passing away before the ministry was even started. Before it even hit the ground. But what is the fruit of Dewey? The fruit of Dewey is Freeway Ministries. The fruit of Dewey is him writing a letter that nobody would ever answer. The fruit of the work was him pouring into John Stroop and Freeway. Listen, we are all pouring into somebody. I pray that when we send people out, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the people that I've got to share the gospel with. If they're going to be the next great evangelist or they'll be a missionary. That's all fruit. Sometimes we don't see the fruit. 
Dewey Houston on this earth never got to see any fruit from freeway. But guess who's getting rewarded in heaven right now from, because of freeway? Dewey. That's work that he did. And I'm even talking about the guy's name this morning. I don't know when he passed away, but even talking about his name. The ministry that we do, that I'm doing at Crossbridge, is the fruit of people pouring into us. I think about my parents when I was a kid. My parents aren't perfect. I'm not a perfect parent. They taught me to love the Lord. They, Selena's parents taught her to love the Lord. They taught us about Jesus. I'm trying to teach my kids to love Jesus. To put him first in their life. Listen, that is fruit. That's fruit pouring into people. Pour, that's exactly who Paul is writing to. He's writing to a man that's going to be a preacher that take the gospel. And Paul's pouring into him. What do we say about discipleship here? Who is your Paul? Who's your Timothy? Who is teaching you and who are you teaching? Who are you pouring into? That's fruit. That's bearing fruit. It's serving the Lord Jesus. So what fruit are you bearing right now for the Lord Jesus Christ, church? Not, not as a whole. Because it's easy to say, well, I belong to Crossbridge, and they do freeway, and they, they go out and do evangelism, and they put up booths around the square. You insert your name and ask, what fruit am I bearing for the Lord Jesus Christ today? What am I doing? Jesus says, listen, this is challenging words. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus doesn't mince words. I love it. John the, John the Baptist got his example from the Lord Jesus. I want to tell you. John the Baptist, we all think of John the Baptist as bringing fire when he would bring a message. Oh yeah, he got that from Jesus. Matthew 7, 13. Matthew 7, 13 through 20 says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Wow. Jesus says, if you're not bearing good fruit, if you're bearing bad fruit, you're not of me. So I ask again, what fruit are you bearing in your life? What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. Galatians 5.22. That's fruit. When you're living that out in your life, what are you doing? You're impacting people. You're bearing fruit. Listen, I don't care. I'm in business. I'm in business. Business doesn't mean anything. How much money we have don't mean anything. It's all counted as worthless in the end. Because I, I know that one day when some of you are at my funeral, hopefully it's for later rather than sooner, but if it's sooner, okay, I'll be in heaven. You guys aren't going to talk about my business or what kind of truck or house or anything else that I drove. You're going to talk about how I love my family how I serve the Lord. I pray that's what you talk about. Hope that's what you talk about. Because that's what people talk about at funerals. That's what's important. That's bearing fruit. Jesus is challenging us. Are you in Christ making a difference in his kingdom? Or are you living for your own kingdom? When God calls you, he has a purpose. He has a purpose for your life. Okay, I'm going to hurry up. Here's number two. God, I, I have to take time on this though, guys. So just be patient if I'm a little long today. God was merciful to Abraham. 
I'm not going to read it, but if you go down to Genesis chapter 12, verses 10 through 20, I want you to read that later. Please tell me you'll read it later. Genesis 12, 10 through 20. This chapter starts off with Abraham being called by God to a covenant with him. Abraham is obedient to God. He went when the Lord told him. It wasn't an easy thing. He exercised faith. Hebrews 11.8 says, But by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So he left and he had faith and he went. That's a huge thing then. That's a huge thing. Leaving your, I mean, you're leaving everything that you would have ever known. You're leaving and going somewhere like Cambodia. That can't be easy. I've never done that. Maybe it's just God divine appointed that you're here this morning. That's got to be hard. Leaving everything and going somewhere you don't know anybody. That has to be very, very, very hard. Abraham was obedient in that. He had amazing faith. It's an example. An example to, uh, for us to trust God, to let him lead us, to trust him with our future. Abraham obeyed the call of God. But, wow, if you keep reading these verses, I get down to the end of the chapter and I see this. And I'm like, Abraham, what in the world are you doing? Because Abraham goes to Egypt and Abraham tells his wife to tell everyone in Egypt that you're my sister. Tell everyone that you're my sister because you're so beautiful, they're going to kill me. They'll kill me. And they'll take you. So Abraham says, lie to everyone and just tell people you're my sister. Like, what? What are you doing? What are you doing, Abraham? So Pharaoh, Pharaoh hears about the beauty of Sarah. And he's like, hey, bring her into my harem. I want Sarah. I want Sarah. Well, Abraham just goes along with it. Now, Scripture in this passage doesn't say whether Pharaoh consummated this marriage. Pharaoh did this twice, actually. We'll, we'll probably talk about the other time. And the other time it says he didn't. But I would say it's a, probably a pretty good bet that Pharaoh did because of the punishment that God sends on Pharaoh in these verses when you read them for him having Abraham's wife. So he lets his wife... I, 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 don't, I, just, I get to this part and I think, what in the world are you thinking? We just read about all your faith and you leave everything. And then I get to this part. Why didn't he just trust God? He clear, Abraham clearly lies. He gives his wife to another man. Horrible sins. But then I pause. And I did this as I'm preparing this sermon. I pause and I think of all the times that I haven't fully trusted God. I think, man, I'm being too hard on Abraham maybe a little bit. I think about all the times that I haven't fully trusted God and how I tried to work something out on my own instead of just putting that at the feet of Christ and saying, I'm trusting you. Listen, we're just like Abraham. One minute we have all the faith in the world and then the next minute we don't trust God. But look, here, here's the point. So we're not any different, but I want you to look. Here's the main point of this. Look what God does for Abraham. God sends plagues to Pharaoh to let him know that Sarah was Abraham's wife. God intervenes on the behalf of Pharaoh. And what does Pharaoh do? He sends him away. He says, I don't want Sarah. Get her out of my house. These plagues are horrible when he figures it out. If God hadn't intervened with Abraham, Sarah would not have had a son named Isaac. 
that would have been the fulfillment of God's promise. So what did God do? God showed grace and mercy. That is amazing news for us today. That is amazing news. When we mess things up over and over and over again in our lives. And they're not called mess ups, they're called sin. When you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and we mess it up and we sin, what does God do? He shows us mercy and grace. How do I know that? Here's the last time I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've sinned this week. And guess what? You are still here. I am still here. Why? Not because I deserve to be here, but because God is merciful. Psalms 86 says, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Titus 3.5 says, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Because we are his children, because Abraham was one of his children, he shows us so much unmerited mercy and grace. I am thankful this morning that the God of the Bible, the one that we worship, shows us mercy, forgiveness, and grace. We serve a God, church, that allows us to humble ourselves before him. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. We have a great example in scripture. My last passage. We're not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you the story. It's in Luke 18. Two men are praying. You guys have heard me tell this before. Two men are praying. One a religious leader who looks around and says, I'm thankful God that I'm not like these other men. I give, I don't sin, I'm paraphrasing, but read it later. Thankful I'm not like these other men. I got it going on. I got this religious thing figured out. He's proud, he's prideful. He looks down at other people that may have tattoos or don't dress like him. He's just towards everybody else because he's prideful. Another man, the Bible says a tax collector, who's the worst of the worst, steals from his own people. Wouldn't even look up to heaven, but bows his head and says, be merciful to me, God, because I'm a sinner. Jesus says, who went home justified? Jesus says, the man who humbled himself. That's the God that we serve. He doesn't look at the things that we look at. He looks at a humble and contrite heart. He allows us to humble ourselves. That's amazing that God intervenes for Abraham. He intervenes for me and you. And that's a reason we should worship him. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. Here's a quick review. God called Abraham with a purpose. Abraham became a mighty nation that blessed all nations by bringing about who? Jesus. It's all pointed towards Jesus. My question today is God calling you into salvation. Are you convicted of your sin? Has there been a time in your life? I don't care. When you were baptized, has there, if you've been a member of a church, has there been a time in your life when you realized you were a sinner in need of a Savior and you needed to put your faith and trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross? And you believed in Him. If not, I call you today, God calls you into salvation. Brothers and sisters, what is the calling that He has placed on your life? How are you serving Him? 
Are you being obedient to him? How are you worshiping him? And I'm thankful today that God showed Abraham mercy and grace. Did Abraham deserve it? No. God could have said, forget it. I'm not giving my promise to this guy. Let me press reset. He didn't do that. He intervened on, on behalf of Abraham. When we sin, we have a great intercessory standing at the throne of the Father, the Lord Jesus, that intercedes on our behalf. Thank you, Lord, that you intercede. Because I need intercession every day, hour, and sometimes minutes. And we worship a God that does that for us. He showed them mercy and grace. You know, when we sing this song, maybe you don't have anything else in the world to pray about and everything is going great. Be thankful that he intercedes for you and worship him because of that. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come and I'll pray for you, I can do that. If not, stand there and lift your voices in worship of our Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning. For these first few verses, so much here. <laughs> Lord, I don't know if I even did it justice, but I just thank you, Lord. And I thank you for the time I got to spend studying it. And there is just so much here. Thank you for the mercy that grace that you give us. Thank you, Lord, for the calling that you've placed on our lives. Lord, let us live as examples to a lost and dying world of what it looks like to love you. Let us be ambassadors for you outside of these walls. And in everything we do, Lord, we give you the praise and glory. In your name I pray, amen.
Amen. Amen. All right, Jay, would you come on up here? Max and Carol, you come on up here with her. Wednesday night, if you were here Wednesday night, uh, I always do this. If I have a meeting in my office and I find out that somebody's professed Christ as their Savior, we walk out and we shut the meal time down so that somebody can tell you that they profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we got to do that Wednesday night uh, with Jay, and she's come this morning and wanted to do the same thing, correct? Yes. So she's, that's why she's come this morning, because she's believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we had a great meeting with her, and she wants to be baptized. And we're going to do that probably the end of this month at the river, uh, and I have a feeling that guy's going to be baptizing her, which is great. So is there, is there anything you want to say? No, it's okay. I knew that. Uh, Max Carroll, anything you want to say? All right. So I want you to come up here and congratulate her uh, on this as your new sister in Christ. And we have several baptisms to do at the end of the month. Just a reminder, uh, if you have questions about baptism, get with Mike, get with me, get with any one of our elders uh, about that. And we're going to be doing uh, baptism the last Sunday of this month uh, down at the river. During, during the summer, we usually go to the river. Sometimes we go to the river in the winter. I don't know why, but we, sometimes we do. But we, we may do that. So uh, thank you for coming today. I want to remind you we have a short business meeting right after the end of service. Uh, but come up and congratulate her. Here's the benediction today. It's Isaiah 66.2. It says this, All these things in my hand has made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one who I will look, who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Hmm. We humble ourselves. When we're contrite in spirit, he forgives us, and that's who he looks to. I want you to remember that. If you have questions or need anything, let me know. We'll be out of town in a couple weeks, but glad you all are here today. I'm going to let you close us in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you do call people to you and you change lives. And we thank you for that calling on Jaylee's life here. And, and I pray that every one of us would be attuned to you to hear your calling and what your purpose is for us in life as we go out these doors. We ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.